This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am not Sir Matt the Bud Knight. I am yours truly, Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve, Picker of Bones, and Co-Lord of the White Claw. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are doing something different, friends. Today, uh, I don't know if it's treason, I'm doing this behind Sir Matt's back. We, uh, for those of you that do follow me on social media or have been listening the last few weeks, you'll know that I am in Germany right now, nine hour time difference between Sir Matt and I. So that's been a bit difficult. We've got a Bannerman hangout this weekend. I actually will be somewhere else, making it even more difficult for Matt and I to get together and record. So I thought, you know what? Like old Patchface, I will lead it. My friends, I will lead the podcast this week. I will do this on my own. So here we are. Hopefully you're you're locked in, ready to go, uh, ready for, for a different type of episode. If you hear the cats behind me, if you hear them eating, if they jump on the table, if they knock the camera over and you're watching the video version, don't worry about it. It's okay. We're just going to roll with it. So that would be Sir Pounce and Sir Scaredy Cat running around here behind me kind of crazy but uh, I am also sipping on the coffee <sighs> that was promised the coffee that was promised there so just so you guys know and I do have some breaking news for you guys figure we you know Matt normally co- normally covers this talks about the news talks about House of the Dragon things that are happening uh, but it just so happened that it's you know I'm running the show this week and I had to look up the news and it's breaking breaking news right now as as I record this episode, Winds of Winter is not coming out anytime soon. Okay, so there we go. Winds of Winter not coming out anytime soon. You guys can quote me on that. Uh, I got it from the glass candle last night that I was burning. All right. Uh, so, friends, we are, this episode's gonna be a little bit different. I have a topic I wanna talk to you guys about. I'll, I'll introduce that here in a second. But if you've seen recently, we've done uh, Apple Freemiums, we've done Apple Premium Podcast, and we've got our Patreon series there where you can click on the extended edition and we extend the chapter or we go into a rabbit hole, a theory of some kind, and it's a lot of fun and never really know where it's going to go. So those are awesome. If you want to support the podcast, support Sir Matt, support myself, 
uh, we would really appreciate it. Today is kind of like one of those episodes, actually. So I have a, oh God, I got, I have like 16 tabs open up here, but I've kind of pieced together a couple different Reddit posts and uh, something from the wiki. And then I did my own search and, you know, we're, I'm, I'm all over the place here. But I think I found somebody who really kind of outlined a really uh, awesome way of looking at the title of our series, A Song of Ice and Fire. So stick around for that. We'll be talking about that here in, in just a little bit. We did have, I am speaking in the future here, uh, future tense. We are, well, yeah, past tense, future tense, whatever. We had a Bannerman hangout or are going to have a Bannerman hangout. On Saturday, I will be in a surprise location attending that, probably probably pretty drunk. Uh, so if you enjoy sipping on some, whether it's spotchka for Star Wars or some hard ale or whatever it is, I mean, those are fun. We hang out and uh, just kind of kind of talk. We sometimes dive into various fandoms and, and theories and whatnot. It is really cool and a good time. So if you guys want to uh, join in on that, that is over on Patreon as well. So hopefully I'm doing okay. Normally after those, it's the, they're, I, I'm dead the next day. I mean, it's just, I'm gone. Nobody can get a hold of me. It's crazy. One time I fell asleep. The Zoom was going. I had to transfer the Zoom to Lord Adam Parker. I mean, these are, these are legendary Zoom hangouts, my friends. So if you're interested, come over there, have a blast. It's a lot of fun. I know around the holidays, we uh, get a lot more people popping in there. So uh, even if you're thinking about it in the future, uh, we, we run about one a month, if not even more than that. We try to uh, really do a good job with those. So uh, also follow me on social media, wamprat underscore 2M, and follow Matt at Bros. Just check out what we're doing. I'm, I'm always updating the story over there on Instagram. I love doing the stories. It's like a short way of just vlogging and, and, and stuff. So I think it's a lot of fun. Got a haircut in Germany. And wow, go check that one out. That that went a little different. Friends, they were using a lighter on Sir Ezra's ear hair, okay? You've heard me do the Manscaped ads. I've talked about it, fellas, you know this. Being a wizard, that's something wizards struggle with, okay? It's not really even struggle. It's actually, if you, if you follow my story, I said it's where we house a lot of our power and our magic uh, is in the eyebrows, the ear hair, the nose hair, and the beard is just a way in which we channel the power. But... I'm sitting in the chair. I can't speak very good German. And so this guy's just winging my haircut. He's doing a great job and it's 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 short, it's looking good. He pulls out a freaking lighter and I I was like, am I Guys, it was real close to my beard. It was real close. He singed the ear hair, got that all kind of burned off, did both ears. I about passed out in the chair. It was crazy. I've never seen that done before. Didn't even know that was a thing. Went and looked it up, and yes, some high-end barber shops will will kind of do that. And I just thought it was freaking awesome, but also a little bit jarring for me. I was I had a flash to the guy. What's the guy? He's uh he's climbing like a fire ladder. Danny sees him, and Quaith shows up, and I was like, geezy cow. Next thing you know, this guy's gonna be uh, climbing a fire ladder. It's just insane. All right, friends, before we go any further, though, we got to uh, hop into a little little uh, ad here for uh, the sponsor of our show, Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes into the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0, the orbits in your pants 
will feel like you are in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. If you do not believe that Sir Ezra uses this product, go check out my Instagram story. I will prove it there, friends. If I haven't posted it, if I need to repost it uh, the next couple of days, you guys let me know. I will prove that old Sir Ezra uses this bad boy. And I'm still waiting for the Ravens as to which... Uh, member or individual in Westeros or Essos needs to use this most. No jokes. I mean, seriously, who really needs this and who do we think uh, would benefit from it? It's It, it really is a, uh, a cool a cool package. So it's got a lot in it. It's got, Matt, we've talked about this. It's got the crop uh, preserver. It's got the, you know, um, the revive, the toner, uh, boxer briefs, got travel bag, whole nine yards, trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, which, but that's what I was hoping this guy at the barbershop would use just a normal old fashioned. I mean, he didn't even really need to trim the, 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 the old ear hair. That was, it was fine guys. I'll be honest with you. It was fine, but it just, I don't know, extra touch or something anyway. So yeah, that's, that's wild, but get 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. All right, uh, before we dive into our topic here, we are going to do a quick little break for another ad, and then we'll be right back into this, um, these, these thoughts, this theory Ah, three colors, three types of magic, three characters, and three heads of the dragon. All right, friends, so as I said, we're going to be going over three colors, three types of magic, three characters, and three heads of the dragon. We're going to attempt to answer the question that Danny asked Sir Jorah. What is the Song of Ice and Fire? You know, it's interesting. Matt and I were just talking about this a uh, couple weeks ago. A Song of Ice and Fire is only really, I think it's mentioned three times and it's mentioned in one chapter, which is interesting because one of the theories or one of the ideas that I'm going to be talking about is is the number three, uh, three characters, and how, well, uh, let me go a step further, three characters, and then three uh, three tributaries to the, the trident, and how those three sort of become one, or the one becomes three. So interesting that A Song of Ice and Fire so far in the series has been mentioned three times in, in one chapter, in Danny Five. So, yeah, I just think that that's interesting. But let's start with some quotes from Martin. This is a kind of a Q&A uh, with, I don't know where this is at, like a convention or someone was asking him about prophecy and they were asking him about the title of his series, A Song of Ice and Fire. So here we go. Question from, from a fan. Another curious thing of your books or about your books is that you give us a lot of hints through the Red God Flames the words of the ghost of the high heart, uh, or through the visions of the house of the undying. George is laughing and he replies, well, are they spoilers? You have to look at them very carefully to figure out what they mean. Not all of them mean what they seem to mean. Another question, surely the plot is very unpredictable despite all the prophecies you give to help us. Again, George laughing, prophecies are, you know, a double-edged sword. You have to handle them very carefully. I mean, you can add depth and interest to a book, but you don't want to be too literal or too easy. Uh, in the War of the Roses that you mentioned, there was one lord who had 
been prophesied or it was prophesied that he would die beneath the walls of a certain castle and he was superstitious at that sort of wall. So he never came anywhere near that particular castle. He stayed thousands of leagues away from the castle because of the prophecy. However, he was killed in the first battle of St. Paul de Vents, and when they found him dead, he was outside of an inn whose sign uh, was the picture of that castle. So, you know, that's the way prophecies come true in unexpected ways. The more you try to avoid them, the more they are uh, the more that you are making them true, and I make a little fun with that. Another question here, why is your saga called A Song of Ice and Fire? Because of the wall and the dragons, or is it something more beyond that? Oh, that's the obvious thing, George replies. There's more. People say I was influenced by Robert Frost's poem, and of course I was. I mean, fire is love, fire is passion, uh, and so on. Ice is betrayal, ice is revenge, ice is, you know, that kind of cold inhumanity. Uh, all that stuff be, is being played out in the books. But he does say that it is more than that. So the phrase, a song of ice and fire, is only mentioned three times in one chapter of the entire series. And here it is. It's a Clash of Kings. Uh, I guess it's Danny 4. I said Danny 5 earlier. It's Danny 4. Will you make a song for him? The woman asked. He has a song, the man replied. He is the prince that was promised. And his is the song of ice and fire. He looked up when he said it, and his eyes met Danny's, and it seemed as if he saw her standing there beyond the door. Beyond the door. Hold the door. Sorry. Uh, there must be one more. Now, that's an important, that's, that's, that's kind of an important line. There must be one more. Matt and I kind of got stopped on this the other day, and, and we were talking about the three heads of the dragon, and what is the other who is the other person? What's the other head? Or, or what does he mean there must be one more? Like if he was talking to Liana and this was supposedly his third child, why would you need another? It didn't quite make sense to us. You already have Rainies, you have Aegon born by Elia Martell, and now you have John, who was born uh, between he and Liana. Shouldn't that be the the third? What, what is he meaning that there must be one more? And so I found uh, a really cool kind of Reddit slash Song of Ice and Fire wiki post, kind of a combination of posts here. So you have, uh, just to give credit real quick, you've got Jace Dargarian, uh, Sir Creighton, and, and Yoke Boy, who kind of complement each other, uh, comment, or use various elements or aspects of each other's theories. And, and so I kind of went through and read up on all of them to figure out what they were really talking about. And I've tried, I tried to summarize that here for you guys, because it was a lot of going from one post to the other post. And some of them are like 20 pages long and it's just insane what these guys do. I love it. It's freaking awesome. So here we go. The dragon must have three heads. There must be another. This is Rhaegar. Rhaegar said that. Uh, we always ask the question, who is the third head to the dragon? Matt and I were doing that. Instead of asking who the three heads are, and by the way, I, this, is, this is basically, I wrote this. This is me kind of summarizing a lot of what they were saying. When I get to direct quotes, I'll quote these guys exactly because they've framed it up really nice. So instead of asking who the three heads are or the three dragon riders are, maybe we should be more focused on something else that Rhaegar mentioned. Oh yeah, that's the title to the entire series, A Song of Ice and Fire. I think what George does sometimes is he says, he shows us 
we, th this whole um, three heads of the dragon, the prophecy, there must be one more. And then we hear that mentioned later on and we run with that and we think, okay, that's where we should give our attention. We should give our attention to that. And really what's important about it is, is the number three. And what's even more important about it is the Song of Ice and Fire reference. And those are things that we don't actually focus on or give, a, give enough attention to, I believe. Rhaegar mentions the Song of Ice and Fire during Danny's vision in the House of the Undying. Uh, we as readers focus on Rhaegar's assertion that the dragon must have three heads, and we get a bit carried away with searching for that third person. If we shift our focus back to the title, we get a very important clue about who or what that missing piece is. The dragon has three heads. The title of our series has three aspects. The trident has three tributaries. Um, and just a quick note here on the number three, the power of three, the trinity, uh, mythology, you often have things working uh, out, out to be aspects of three. Uh, Tolkien in Lord of the Rings often did this. That he used the number three repetitively th throughout his, his works. Uh, so here we go. I think a lot of times we, are, we focus on the title as Song of Ice and Fire, and we mistake it for a story of ice and fire. Like it's only the story of just ice and fire, and we miss out on that third element, right? So we have ice and fire being two, but what's that third element? So we, we ignore and we don't give as much weight to the word song. This is a song of ice and fire. Obviously, uh, this is a story about ice and fire. And from there, you can go in a lot of different directions. It's about two people. Could be Danny and John, ice and fire. It could just be about one person, John born from both Rhaegar and Lyanna. Uh, Rhaegar representing fire and Lyanna representing ice. And so is it just a story about him? The, the whole uh, series kicks off with Bran, though, right? Bran's the number one guy, most important kind of thing. I mean, you have, he's the first point of view character. And looking at what they did in the show, I mean, he's obviously really, really important. And we have John and we have Danny. Uh, John and Danny get a lot of attention and they're easily associated with ice and fire, but there, there, there's something else here. So, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Or we could also break that down to a simple battle between two magical elements, just ice magic and fire magic. But there is a third magic and it's actually in the title, a song of ice and fire, uh, a third magic, green magic, song magic, the children of the forest, those who sing the song of earth. So now we have basically three colors. I kind of said we talk about these colors, and they're pretty easy to see. When you picture a song of ice and fire in your mind, the first two colors you can see, you can see ice for blue, right? Uh, and then fire for red. And now if you take the song of ice and fire and you think about the children, you have the color green. This is fascinating. This is where I've got to shift gears and kind of give all credit to these these guys who kind of broke this down and looked at these types of magic and, and the colors behind the magic, which is interesting once we get to the connection uh, there. So you have the three heads of the dragon are like the trident. And like the trident, they have three separate uh, tributaries. Eventually, they join to form one river. What is important to note is that while separate, they are all also one. All three are three, and all three are one. The, this theme kind of repeats through three characters. So those three characters are Bran, representing song or green. Uh, green sight, green magic, the singers, um, and, and, and so on. Uh, John is blue, the wall, blue magic, blue star. 
Uh, red would be Danny the Dragon's Red Magic Red Star. Now, he kind of goes on, uh, Sir Creighton, actually, I'm going to focus on him, goes on and believes that there are three stars associated with each of the three magics. Uh, the two are obvious. So just like in the in the title, A Song of Ice and Fire, ice and fire obviously jump out. What's not so obvious, and what George was saying to that, that original kind of um, uh, fan or, or questioner, was that that prophecy and and some of what his writing style is that some stuff is obvious and it pops right out. Other things are more subtle and you have to dig a bit deeper. So Sir Creighton believes that the two stars are obvious. There's a blue star that's in the sky used for navigation in John chapters. There's the red bleeding star that is associated with, you know, maybe Danny, dragons, red magic, all that good stuff. And there's a green star that he believes is, if you think back to the Dunkin' Egg series, there's a shooting star uh, that Dunk sees. And how do you relate that to green magic? It's Blood Raven, essentially, and Egg uh, going all the way to Summer Hall, and Ghost of High Heart, the prophecy, is she some half, you know, child of the forest situation. So it's a cool connection. I'm not really sure how I feel about that aspect of it, though, because he almost had to do a subtle nod or not so obvious nod for the green star and the series is not over so maybe there's there's more of that coming but he had to go back to the hedge knight and the the tales of Duncan egg which is that's where this reddit user kind of brings in that third star so i don't know how i feel about the stars or whatever but that's that's it is a, a a cool connection so something my big takeaway uh from all three of those users and what i what i read is this idea that one character, not one character, is holy ice magic or holy fire magic or holy green magic. This is a song or a blend of all of those. So there's no one pure like one-to-one correlation between uh, like John is not fully just associated with ice magic and Danny's not just fully associated with fire magic and Brand's not just fully associated with green magic. And he, he lays this out here really well, but that was my biggest takeaway is that George doesn't write characters like that. He writes characters that are blurred or that lean one way or that have aspects of both dark and light, uh, a house of, of you know, the, the black and white, right? The, the, all that good stuff. So let me just read exactly what he has here because this is, this is where I thought I'm going to quote from these guys because it's, it's epic. Um, now, some are probably sitting there going, um, some are probably sitting there going, no, John is ice and fire because of his parents. You would be right, but you would also be wrong, and I will show you why. John is more than that. He is all three. So I think a lot of us can agree, ice and fire, but where do you get in this third element of magic or this green magic? Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, he is all three, but they all, but they all are. Well, they will be. None of them will uh None of them will be balanced. And balance, I think, is very important to the story. But I will get to that later. Now, if we look at Bran, so he's going to Bran first, compare him to the other two, you can see, you can kind of see uh, what may be going on. Bran's main source of magic is green, and thus he is the pinnacle of that magic. He is a green seer, uh, which is the high end of that magic. And we also know he is proactive with his gift. He is training with it learning to use it at will. John and Danny are connected to their respective sources, but they are not proactive with them at all. Danny woke the dragons, that is true, but she is not proactive with fire the way Mel is. 
Now, why do I think all three will have all three magics? Well, back to Bran, we know from his chapters that Greensight is the top of a three-tiered list. Greensight, Warging, uh, and Green Dreams. We know from the books John is an untrained warg, the second level of green magic, skin changing. Uh, we know Danny has prophetic dreams. Now, usually some people assume that it is fire related because she's Targaryen. Uh, well, is the green magic fire related with Blood Raven, the green seer? Danny does not look into a fire, she just has prophetic dreams. And that is what I believe green magic is, the magic of the mind. So just to, just to kind of summarize that for you, essentially Danny has, is associated strongly with fire for, like at, at, at the top. If you break this down, there's three magics. You've got your red, uh, your blue, and your green. So for Danny, first and foremost, it's red. Okay, it's, it's fire magic. And then he's kind of saying second to that is green. She has a, a, a smaller aspect of green magic where she has possibly green sight or that Danny's the dreamer just because you're a Targaryen maybe that's not like related to some type of fire magic or fire element it's it's more green magic related uh yeah so that's that that's kind of what we're talking about here and that John is about to be he's on the verge of going full ice magic and he's he's, he's not quite there yet but he's also got elements of warging and skin changing and things like that so uh, yeah, he goes on a bit to talk about how each character is obtaining their magical abilities at different times, but basically all three, Bran, Danny, and John, will use uh, or be somewhat adept at using all three magic forms. Sir Creighton believes it's important for all of these characters to be united or together at some point. So again, back to quoting him here, none of them are in balance and they need to be together to obtain balance. You're prob probably wondering why I think that, and I'm going to show you uh, the key to the three colors. Now this gets pretty awesome guys. So I want you to pay attention to this part. This is, this is pretty cool. The idea is that Westeros magic is out of balance. Green magic is fading from the world. Fire magic is in the wrong country. And there are three young dragons and ice magic is beginning to take over. That is not a good thing. That is not balance. It's been pointed out before that Westeros is in an unbalanced cycle. Something is always trying to dominate. We know from history that the children first dominated Westeros, then the first men came and started killing them. Green became out of balance and ice began to rise. So the children um, and men fought the others and Lightbringer is introduced. The balance is restored. That is until the dragons came, not Aegon, but Valeria. Because now ice is out of balance, Valeria, as we know, began to dominate the world. Fire became too powerful. The balance was broken. But something destroys Valeria, probably the children setting off a chain reaction of volcanoes. Uh, but not all the children or dragons are destroyed. A temporary balance is found because House Targaryen survived. But then all of their dragons get killed off, so fire is gone and the children are fading from existence. So naturally the dark tide rises as there is no fire to balance it out so what do the three magics and colors mean how do they change the rising darkness so that's cool just in that we're talking about balance and that over the course of history one was more dominant and then the other two were fading or or whatever and then one rose back and it's just kind of this back and forth this song of these various you know magics this green magic fire magic uh and ice magic so now he talks about primary colors and this is kind of fascinating i don't know i'm not an art guy i didn't really know this and i think it's pretty cool but um 
Primary colors seem simple enough, but what attributes do red, blue, and green share? What do they do when together? So when red light, blue light, and green light overlap, they are in balance. They create white light. However, uh, there's another distinction. When red paint, blue paint, and green paint are mixed, they make black. Light and dark, black and white, life and death, the cycle. It is the yin and yang concept. Much like the door to the faceless men's sanctuary, life and death, it's a balance between mind, green, body, blue, soul, uh, red, or soul slash energy, red. Uh, we have seen fire shown to be a life force or a substitute for it. It's all interconnected. Now, do they need to be just light or dark? No, they need balance. Now, maybe that means they restore the maybe that means they restore balance to magic, or maybe it means to restore balance, magic has to leave. Uh, that all of it has to go, the wall, the dragons, the children, John, Danny, and Bran, the others, the black and the white of it all. So that's pretty cool. When you think about when there are aspects of light, they and they combine together, it creates this white, uh, you know, um, this white light. And so you have a, a theme in, in George's works where you have black and white, yin and yang. And then you have these primary colors. I didn't know that. I thought that was kind of a, like kind of a cool connection. So uh, let me know what you think about that. Now, the other big thing here, so we've talked about a song of ice and fire, the three heads of the dragon prophecy. Uh, there must be one more, and that one more that we're looking for is the song and the, and the, and the green uh, magic or the singers, right? Those who sing the song. Uh, now let's throw in Azora High. All right, Azora High, the prince that was promised and the last hero. So we, we talk about these, Sir Matt and I have talked about these a lot. And what do they mean? What are, what are the stories behind those prophecies? How do they fit in with these three characters? Sir Creighton, again, full credit here, does a great job uh, of breaking this down. Quote, maybe these three heroes are three aspects of one person or maybe three separate people. I don't know. But what I do know is Danny, John, and Bran all seem to have a primary connection to one of these prophecies. And if you look closely, they have a less obvious connection to the others. When Bran woke Bloodraven in the stone cave, it was not the obvious waking of dragons from stone like Danny, but Danny is the connection to the primary fire source. Bran isn't, and it does not make it less significant for the connection. John seems to have an obvious stab Mel in the Ruby moment coming, but Danny already had a sacrifice to fire in Mira. It's not the same, but there are connections to be made. But John's primary prophecy seems to be Azor High, where Danny is more of the prince or the princess, according to Eamon, right? As he was traveling with uh, Sam, he said that, that it's been misread. She's perhaps the princess that was promised. Uh, but Bran is often called a prince, or John is associated with the word promised. So that's a really good one, right? Danny might like be primarily connected to the princess that was promised, but yet Bran is has a somewhat uh, word association with the word prince, and then John the word promised. So all three are somewhat connected, but Danny a bit stronger than the other two. Uh, you can see how Martin makes obvious and subtle connections with them all. They are connected to all three like they are connected to each other. The prince is connected to dragons, Azora uh, to the sword Lightbringer, and the last hero to the children of the forest. But elements for these stories all interconnect 
as well. So that's where I'm gonna leave that. He goes on to make connections to weapons like Lightbringer, Obsidian Daggers, and Dawn, super cool connections. And uh, you can kind of, I might, what I'll do is I'll put a link in there if you wanna see all of it. I mean, guys, it's, it's an insanely long uh, theory and, and I can put in some links for these other, other ones as well where they reference one another. But I just thought that was really cool to think about the aspect of, of the power of three and the title, A Song of Ice and Fire, only mentioned once, subtly, and we're driven to focus on ice and fire. But underneath it all, under the ground, we have the children of the forest who have, we don't see as much and we don't focus on a whole lot. And that's the song. And they're, they're, they actually are singers, right? So I just, I, I thought that was fascinating. And, and um, you know, we were talking about colors and symbolism. Matt and I, this was in our extended edition where we were talking on Apple Premium and, and on Patreon about colors and then food association and ways in which George is trying to hide some things just cleverly in the story. But this is more. This is this is much broader and and bigger, and it focuses on our three main characters, the three magical powers. Uh, the trident is a big deal, right? That there is a, this. That's where Rhaegar fell. That's where the battle was fought. People are predicting that that's where this last battle might be fought as well. It's just cool, and it's just another way to look at this. And as we're going through the reread, I think it's interesting, and I hope you guys found it interesting. I think what we'll do too, I, I, as I was doing all this research, I found another um, post and another idea on the colors green and black. And wow, is that interesting. Talking about Allison Hightower and um, Rhaenyra and basically green that, that Allison Hightower and the greens are green with envy. And that same sort of theme or aspect kind of continues in A Song of Ice and Fire. When you see characters associated with green, it might be uh, envious. Not necessarily green magic. So there's just all sorts of different layers and different ways, uh, lenses that you can look at it, and I find it fascinating. So, all right, friends, well, that's it really for me. I just wanted to kind of jump on here, share what I had found with you guys, and Matt and I, as I said, we just, you know, nine-hour time difference, been kind of crazy. I thought I'd give you guys a... Uh, a taste of, of some of the stuff we talk about. Obviously, it's much better when Sir Matt's in here to drive me down other rabbit holes and take me in all sorts of different directions. And I've had to stop myself during several... I attempted to record this last night, and I was going in so many different directions that I had spun myself into this web that I couldn't get out of, and it was just crazy. So so I figured I'd, I'd type it out here and just give it to you, and then hopefully we get some ravens, or maybe this generates more thoughts from uh, our bannermen, and we can talk about this in our bannermen hangout, or they can send us more ravens as well. So... Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there, but don't forget though. Um, we, we did just have, like I said, uh, whether it just happened or it's going to happen soon. I'll be back in September. We're going to have another Bannerman hangout and get everyone together. And I think we'd like to do a Raven's Nest at some point. Matt and I are looking at maybe more frequent shows going back to maybe a Monday, Friday situation as we get ready for house of the dragon and taking more Ravens. That would be a lot of fun for us. And we just, you know, our, kind of got this renewed energy for, for podcasting and it's been great because I've been uh, going back and doing quite a bit of research and stuff. So, all right, I've droned on for long enough. I think I'm the, the prince that was promised to drone. So uh, we'll leave it there. And you guys just leave me a comment. Let me know what you think about all this stuff. Next time though, we are going to be back with, uh, I think it's chapter 64, Aria 10 of A Clash of Kings. We're wrapping up A Clash of Kings pretty quick. And I know Matt had talked about maybe a format change for the next book. So if you guys think we should change the format uh, or you want to see us cover more chapters or 
longer, I guess, maybe even deeper dives into those chapters, let us know. So a lot of times I, I get caught up in wanting to bounce ahead with a character. You, you guys could probably figure out the last couple episodes, like Mandon Moore, I was way ahead on, on his arc and, and taking us further into the series. And it is a reread where we try to make those connections. So I just like to get some feedback from folks as to what you guys think would be would be kind of cool. So, all right, friends, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write that review, leave a comment, or send us that raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you next time. And remember that winter is coming. <laughs>